You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. For the show, Locked On Horns. As customary on a Friday, the editor of Longhorns Wire, Cami Griffin, is joining the show for a Football Friday edition. Welcome back, Cami. It, it feels weird. You've been on twice in two weeks. <laughs> I know. I'm starting to get back into the swing of things. I like it. There's a lot to get into, right? Uh, so l- let's start off with the mass exodus with <laughs> Tom Herman when he left. There was a mass exodus. Right. There's also a mass exodus with NFL draft. Players leaving. Cosme, Osai, a lot of these guys. So when you look at it just from your early standpoint, which one of these guys, A, should have stayed in school, Ooh. and B, who, uh, who okay. who's Texas going to miss the most? The reason why I bring that up, uh, recently Todd McShay was on uh, his radio show or a radio appearance where he was talking about NFL drafts as far as Texas players, and he said that Samuel Cosme should have returned. Mm. Yeah, that, that's – I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, obviously it's certainly a decision he probably weighed heavily, but we know he's been contemplating going to the NFL draft for, what, two years now. And most mock drafts have him within the first round, so I don't know how he could uh, really, I don't know, claim that argument. But uh, to each their own. But in terms of who I think probably should have returned most within that group, uh, declaring for the NFL draft is probably – wide receiver Brennan Eagles. I think he could have done very well um, in Sark's offense. And I think uh, if he's drafted, it's going to be a late round pick this year. So um, I think that was kind of a bold choice for him. Who would you go with? I, I I like your pick. I think Brennan Eagles is a fantastic pick for one of the guys that should have returned for two reasons. For one, when I did my projection on the depth chart, I looked at it and I was like, who's playing X? Right. You know, we think it's Troy Omier, which we like. We like him a lot, and we like him in camp. So there's one reason, and again, the second. Sark's offense, you know he likes to utilize the wide receivers. I'm going to go defense okay. for the guy that I think should have returned. I'm going to go with former five-star safety, Caden Stearns. I don't think it was a smart move at all to go to the NFL draft, but I'll tell you what. I think he took the Deshaun Elliott approach Mm -hmm. in that I can get developed better at the next level than I can at the University of Texas. Which at the time, yeah, which at the time I totally agree with, right? Wouldn't you? And I think most would. And uh, Mock Drafts even had him in the second or third round. So I think that's high enough to certainly go. And he really didn't return to his freshman form after that impressive freshman year. I think he was even Big 12 freshman of the year or something. So he never quite returned to that. And his play was kind of uh, deteriorating in a way. So I think he kind of had no choice but to go at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he should have returned. But yeah, that we're splitting hairs there because I think when you look at it, and I'll even you know go back to the Cosme comment about maybe he should have returned. At the time he made the decision, Tom Herman was still the head coach. Right. Herb Hand was still his offensive line coach. He did mm-hmm. not help him. 
uh, Chris Ash was in charge of the safeties. And you can argue that in a season, he did not help Caden Stearns. Right. First year in the program, all those things. I mean, there's there's reasons why. I mean, I can understand Cosme saying no and, and Caden obviously saying, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to go to the NFL. I'm going to go that route. Which player are they going to miss the most out of the players that have opted to go to the NFL draft? I've been thinking about that since you asked this, and there's, it's hard because there's one on each side of the ball, right? Osai and Ellinger, I think, would be the two for me. But I, I would probably lean Ellinger here just because of his leadership ability and uh, mentality that he brings on the field and the huddle each time he's on the field. I think that's going to be severely missed. You're going to have an unproven quarterback coming in leading this team. And those are just little things that you can't replace. But I think overall on the defensive side, uh, PK will find a few guys that will fill that production and void uh, from Osai going to the NFL. So I'll probably take a stab on Ellinger here is my pick. All right. I can, I can see that. I can see why you say Ellinger. I think it feels like a cop out saying Osai, right? <laughs> know, it's a cop out saying Osai. Produ- production wise, it is him, but I was trying to think a little deeper on little things that uh, you probably can't replace as easily. Right. And I think the the big thing for, for me and why I'm choosing Osai here, he did something that we hadn't seen from anybody else in three years there was there was no quarterback pressure there was no sacks i mean five sacks last year five and a half this year that's not a ton right i mean you look at it in the grand scheme of things that's not a lot of a lot but there was nobody even close to his production like not even close i think Mm -hmm. the most was two sacks the guy and you know some of that was blitzing with you know demarion overshone or it, it, there, it just wasn't there. So when I look at it, it's Osai for me. Sam Cosme is 1B for me. I think mm-hmm. I think when you, when you look at the fact that they struggled on the right side of the offensive line tremendously, you hope that Andridge Carrick is going to be that next guy. So I could say Cosme there. But you have to have confidence in Kyle Flood. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, job he did. And yes, they don't have the same bodies or the same guys that Alabama did. Maybe that'll change because he seems a lot more active on the recruiting front yep. than what we saw from Herb Hand. And we'll get into those in a moment. Uh, we're actually going to get into who's our best pick for the coordinators. Who's going to have the biggest impact on the Texas Longhorns in year one? We'll get into that into our final segment of the show. Coming up next, though, Cammy and I are going to talk about the players who entered the portal. And we got another name to add to that list as we sat down to record this today. Reese Moore is heading into the transfer portal. We'll get into that in just a second. Talk about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes, you know, whether you're talking Fiat's or Kia's, you're talking different kind of models. It's impossible to stack all the parts you need at a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on your computer? You can head on over to rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers for online for 20 years. You can shop auto, auto parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Plenty of options. Catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. 
You quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. So why don't you go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And write locked on on their how did you hear about us box. So you know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Head on over to rockauto.com. Now that 2020 is mercifully over, it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, you got to listen to the Locked On Bets podcast. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball games, NBA locks, all winter long. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. Okay, so when you look at Transfer Portal, you know, it's kind of become this thing that everybody's got to deal with, right? Uh, all teams are all teams, all schools are dealing with it. Everybody's hopping in there. Uh, you know, obviously because we cover the University of Texas, it seems like there's a lot because that's all that we really see. I mean, we're looking at Texas, who's in, who's out. Were there any surprises for you as far as who went into the portal this last year? Ooh, that's tough for me. I the first name that came to mind was Keontae Ingram, but the more I kind of think about that and Bijan Robinson's rise and how he's probably going to garner most of the uh, reps moving forward, I don't really think that's as surprising, um, especially with Sark now coming in. But I think probably a more surprising one for me was Jalen Green recently uh, entering the transfer portal. And I believe the other primary players entered the transfer portal throughout the season. So I think the most recent and surprising one to me was probably Jalen Green. I thought I think that's arguably some production they'll miss the most out of the guys who actually enter the transfer portal. Yeah, I think, I mean, you bring up a good point with Keontae. Uh, my most surprising was uh, Kenyatta Watson uh, because I thought he was their most talent, one of their most talented corners. And, yeah, but that was kind of in, in the middle of the season, right? I mean, it was it was relatively early in the season, but but it was still kind of a surprise oh, because sure. of when it went down. Yeah. Um, and, and, the, and then you find out later, you know, injuries and he had to have surgery and all these things, and I understand that. But but it, again, it goes back to what we harped on last week or last Friday's show, not using the talent. Yep. And you look at a guy like that, and then you lose your one of your top safeties from the twenty twenty recruiting class, and Xavier Alford. Xavier Alford, and now he's going to USC to go play for the guy that he was recruited by. We're talking about Craig Navarre and Todd Orlando. I get that. But, you know, those are those are some of the things that kind of shocked me because I thought Kenyatta Watson could be their best cover guy. I really did. I think he's that talented. He never got the opportunity because instead they were playing guys like Josh Thompson. Don't get me wrong, Josh is good. I mean, I think he's good enough to start. I don't think he was better than Watson. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jalen Green was better than Watson. I think Jalen Green's problem was, again, that they wouldn't use him until they were forced to. Mm-hmm. And he even wanted to cross-train at safety. Yeah, he even wanted to cross-train at safety and corner. So he was trying He was trying everything he could to get on the field. Right, and then they moved, you know, Montreal Estelle, they moved him to the offensive side of the ball. So then you're kind of looking at there going, okay, so who who's playing where? Uh, 
And and then so Jalen Green does that, and they, they're going to play him at safety in the bowl game. Staff gets fired, and out he goes. Which one are they going to miss the most? That's the big question. Who are they going to miss the most that entered into the transfer portal? Well, you have to go by what what's giving you the most production in terms of missing, because you can't really say they're going to miss someone who sat on the bench the majority of their career at Texas. So uh, you have to go by production wise. And you could even argue Keontae's up there because he will be a starting running back at another power five program. And he did have a lot of production at Texas, but Texas is going to be fine. So are you necessarily missing them? No, you have Bijan Robinson and Rosan Johnson right behind him. So um, I guess I have to pick Jalen Green here because he was on the field more, but um, he's probably not the most talented one that entered the transfer portal. So that's hard for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I think even more so than, than um, production. The, the one thing that I look at when I'm looking at who are they going to miss is leadership. You know, when you have a lot of young guys out there mm-hmm. and, and you're going to have a multitude of young guys, probably on that defensive secondary side, Having having leadership of a uh, player like Jalen Green, I think that's big. I think having the leadership of a Keontae Ingram would be huge. Now, mm-hmm. you have Stan Drayton, who's arguably one of the best running back coaches in the country. So I don't necessarily look at him and go, oh, well, they need that leadership from Ingram. I mean, Roshan Johnson's proved to be a pretty good leader. And I mm-hmm. – in, in, Probably Bijan is probably one of the most uh, mature 18-year-old running backs in the country. I mean, just the way that he handled himself on and off the field, the way he just puts his head down and goes to work. So looking at that, you know, it's difficult. It really is. And now we have Reese Moore heading into the transfer portal as a graduate transfer. When I did my projections, I had him projected as the backup left tackle. So now you have questions to tackle again. Now who's going to be the backup? I, I think mm-hmm. that Jalen Garth is a guy that nobody's talking about. And Jalen Garth was one of the top offensive tackles who joined the 2020 recruiting class. Obviously, he was injured from something that happened in high school. So he wasn't even available until the bowl game. And people started hearing his name. He would be a name, I, I would say, to keep an eye on. But like we said, another person heading into the transfer portal it's not only texas's problem but it's one that that we're hearing more and more about who's your least surprising we'll just do that before we wrap it up and we get into our coordinator picks here in a moment who's your least surprising yeah well it's hard because i don't think it's surprising that texas is having so many players enter the transfer portal that's what happens when you have pretty much an entirely new coaching staff come in um, especially when you're not getting much playing time to begin with there. But um, I think the reason the offensive linemen are transferring is kind of due to the success of the young guys there. But anyways, I guess the least surprising to me is probably Keontae Ingram. And I, I know I uh, obviously we saw what Bijan was capable of the past few weeks. I mean, the last few weeks of the 2020 season, and he's probably going to be a Heisman contender going forward. So it's hard to argue uh, not giving him the bulk of the carries. And so I think that was probably a smart move for Keontae rather than entering the draft or anything along those lines. So I think we'll have a solid season elsewhere. Uh, but otherwise, I'm not too surprised about any of them. Byron Bonds was probably my least surprising just because they wouldn't let him play. You know, when – when they were having issues with finding people to rush the passer, 
uh, Joseph Asai, he had that shoulder injury, right? And they're trotting out Jet Bush to, ru- to rush the passer. Everything about Byron Vaughn's mm-hmm. is he's more athletic, he's bigger, he's longer. He's everything that you look for in that position, much like Osai, but they wouldn't play him. Again, that goes back to Tom Herman. You're not playing his talent. All right, but let's we're going to swap gears here. Let's change it up. Let's talk about the positive side of what's going on on the 40 acres. Okay. Let's talk about the coaches. College football season might be wrapped up, but that does not mean there is not some sort of betting action out there. So obviously the NFL playoffs, if they head into championship weekend, there's only one place that has you covered and only one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account on betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON, talking L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus. College hoops, it's getting into the thick of things as they head towards March Madness, the bracketologies are coming out. They're trying to figure out who's going to play, where they're going to play. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports books experts. Just as a reminder, hope that you are checking out the Locked On Big 12 podcast each and every day, Monday through Friday, with Josh Neighbors as he gets you through everything. In the Big 12. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Big 12 Podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right, now we're going to talk about the coaches. Obviously, there's been a lot of change, Cammie. Steve Sarkeesian is your new head coach mm-hmm. slash offensive coordinator. Not really offensive coordinator, but he's calling the plays, so that's what he is. Kyle Flood is your actual offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. Dan Drayton returns as running backs coach. Andre Coleman is going to be your... Uh, Wide receiver coach again. Uh, Jeff Banks comes in as your tight ends coach. So on the offensive side of the ball, which coach is going to make the biggest impact? And do we have nicknames for all of these coaches? Anytime that there's a recruit, anytime (laughs) there's a recruit, I want, if a recruit agrees to go to Texas and it's directly related to Jeff Banks, I want to call it the bank statement. That's what I'm going with, the bank statement. You like it? You like like it? That's a good one? Okay. Sark after dark. Uh-huh. We got that one, uh, yep. but look, that's already that's already making its rounds. It is making its rounds. I like it. Uh, Snark Sharknado is the other one that I heard. I'm not. Uh, uh, yeah. I wasn't a fan of the movie Sharknado, so it's it's too much negative there. Uh, but aside from jokingly talking about the nicknames, Cami, who which offensive assistant is going to make a huge impact in year one? I mean, it, it's tough. I, and, and the obvious choice is Sark here just because he is calling the plays. And I think we all would have chosen whoever was calling the plays on the offensive side of the ball this season. But um, one name you didn't mention, I think, is the quarterback's coach, A.J. Right. Milley. I think he could probably uh, be, be Sark's right-hand man like he was at Alabama. And it wouldn't be surprising if he is somewhat in some way kind of the passing coordinator, uh, maybe up in the booth or something. So I think he's going to play a larger role than people think. Um, but obviously you mentioned Kyle Flood is one of the top uh, offensive line coaches and recruiters in the country. And that's, that's a place that uh, Texas was uh, lacking in the past few seasons under Herb Hand. So I think that's a big improvement, but I think the obvious choice here is Sark just because he's a brilliant offensive mind. That'll be calling the plays. I'm going to go with Jeff Banks. 
because I feel like he's finally going to get my guy, Jared Wiley, on the field. I feel like I'm har- I've been harping on this for about six months now. Get my man the ball. <laughs> get my man the ball. Uh, yeah, I like I like being – I mean, I think it's a cop-out, and I'm not trying to call you out, Cammy, but it's kind of a cop-out to say Sark. But the reason why I didn't mention A.J. Milwee is because Sark pretty much is going to develop his quarterbacks. Now, I know A.J. is going to be part of it. I understand that, but Sark is the quarterback guru. He's the guy that's put all these guys in the NFL. That's why I didn't go there. Mm-hmm. Stan Drayton, we've seen what he can do. He can bring in the big boys, and he's chasing one right now in L.J. Johnson. He's trying to get him to come in. That would be a great three-headed attack. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they have Jonathan Brooks, who scored about 80 billion touchdowns this past year. I know. Uh, wide receiver Coleman. I'm, I like Coleman, but, you know, it, it begins – it begs the question with his recruiting – was his recruiting bad because he's not as good of a recruiter at wide receiver? Or is it because Tom Herman only likes certain wide receivers and that's all he was allowed to recruit? We'll find out as the year moves on. Uh, but we'll go with your picks. We'll, I'll give, I'll let you, on this week's edition, you can keep your Sark pick as the top assistant, uh, even though he's the head coach. Defensively, I think we know most of the names. Bo Davis is back at the University of Texas since... 2013, when he left with Mac Brown after Mac Brown stepped down. Of course, you have Pete Kwiatkowski. I've been working on that, Cammy, as you can tell. Uh, I'm calling him PK because that's what Sark calls him, and that's 10 times easier. It is, it is, but I'll, I'll go with Kwiatkowski. He's going to be your defensive coordinator. And then in the secondary, Blake Gideon has returned to the 40 Acres as your safeties coach. Terry Joseph, cornerbacks and your passing game coordinator. So, Cammy, which one is going to have the biggest impact in your one? I'm going to go with Bo Davis here, probably. Um, we saw what he could do under Mac Brown. Uh, what was that, around the 2011-2013 range? Um, he produced how many? I think three? Three 10-plus? Yep, three 10-plus sack players in a single season which texas hasn't had since so and i think that's kind of where their strength of that defense lies and so i think bo davis will have a fun um and successful time coaching up that young defensive line so that's probably my pick. yeah the last time they had double digit sack guys we're talking brian arakpo you're talking uh son of dallas cowboys legend jim jeffcoat we're talking about jackson jeffcoat so, you know, you, you got those guys who did fantastic under Bo Davis. Bo Davis was my pick, but since you made that pick, I'm going to go with Blake Gideon. And the reason why is this guy knows what it takes to play safety at the University of Texas. And he did it at a high level. And I know <laughs> people will get mad. But you got to think about it. This guy went from a two-star recruit to a four-year starter at Texas. He knows all about the work you got to put in. He knows what it takes to play. And given the lackluster performances of safeties over the last several years, I mean, you can argue they've had some good performances, but it's never been consistent. It's up, it's down, it's left, it's right. Right. What could he do with some of these guys? And that's why I get excited about a J.D. Coffee coming in. That's why I get excited about Jaron Thompson. I think he was fantastic in limited play this year. He looked a lot better than some of the guys who have been playing all year. So I think I'm going to go with Blake Gideon on this one. Good pick. You agree with that one? 
Yeah, I do. And um, I'm glad we finally confirmed because for a while it was uh, up in the air whether he would kind of assist with special teams or just be the safety safeties coach or whatever it is. But he finally updated his Twitter, which sounds funny. We have to confirm everything through that, uh, that he will be the safety coach. So, yeah, I agree. He has the experience. Can we can we talk about his Twitter profile? Have you seen his cover photo? <laughs> talk about that's like name dropping yeah how many people were in that wedding that's like name dropping without name dropping i'm talking i mean they had acho was in there earl thomas was in there uh i think fozzy was in there i mean it was like it was a who's who at blake gideon's wedding i mean i thought that was i think it's great it's fantastic somebody brought it to my attention and he was like i would pay an obscene amount of money to have been in that wedding at that wedding talk to all those former right. texas longhorns that's going to do it for this football Friday edition. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy, at Locked On Longhorns. It's actually Locked On Horns on Twitter. Cami at Cami NG and at Longhorns Wire. Tell us what you think. Who are your picks? That's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Make sure you check it out Monday through Friday on the Locked On Podcast Network. But for Cami, I'm Patrick. I'll see you next week. Welcome. Okay.